tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And we travel around the world. I mean, we've, we've punched our creative passport in places like Zurich and Portugal and Canada in recent episodes. And now we're, we're going to central Ohio. We're going to the Midwest and the center of the U.S. to find musical inspiration for my guest today, the duo Elliot McConnell. And it's Angie and Chris. You guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we, we often try to put music, especially songwriting and bands, you know, in a bucket, in a, in a category. And are you country? Are you rock? Are you blues? Are you R&B? Uh, you're really trying to cross those genres and just write songs that are from the heart. But how, how has that experience been for you? For me, I would say I, neither of us have ever sat down and said, we're writing a country tune today or we're writing a rock and roll ballad, whatever, whatever. We, do, we just don't do that. I think we've been influenced by so many different genres of music in both of our lifetimes. When we write a song, it's usually about something that's happened to one or both of us um, or someone very close to us. And it, and it just evolves from there. And I think um, all of those influences just come out in the song. So that's. We, we do a lot of noodling, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'll come up with a riff a lot of times. Yeah. And then uh, sometimes I'll help her on the melody on that. And then it just kind of blooms from there. Mm-hmm. We, we know we don't try to, you know, there's no particular way to write a song. People should just know that, you know, these people that say <laughs> you got to have a chorus, a verse, a bridge, you know, no. Why? Yeah, you could do three songs, yeah. three notes and do the whole song on three notes, if chorus and all. It's just uh, what you feel. So we just let it grow. We know it's a it's it's a child and it's going to evolve into what it's going to be. Sometimes it's a little rambunctious, you know, but we don't know how it's going to end, especially when we start bringing different musicians into the studio uh, and we allow them creative freedom yeah. to, to put what they want to do to a song. Yeah. Yes. It changes. Well, and when I hear the music that really comes through and Chris, you're talking about, uh, you know, influences. I read here that you started playing the bass at uh, age of 10. You know, yeah. Some of your influences, Doobie Brothers, America, Bread. Uh, yeah. And then you you juxtapose bread with Pink Floyd. I've never seen those two. Uh, really? Maybe that close together. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, we yeah. have multiple personality it, disorder. It's kind of diverse. Is. Well, we've yeah. been talking about it. With music, you, you've got to experience it. I'm going to play a uh, short clip from your latest song, Getting By, that okay. really, I think, brings to life a lot of what we've been talking about. Here's a sample of that song.
a buddy of mine, Billy Webb, he uh, he he basically kind of pushed me out of uh, the soft music, which is what I listened to a lot. You know, sneaking into my sister's bedroom to put the record on that portable record player. You got you know? it. And uh, then he started putting me in a Deep Purple and BTO and you know stuff like that. So you know, I never really everything was circumstantial. I never really thought of anything. It just happens. Yes. And Angie, your voice uh, certainly influenced by some of the great uh, female ballad singers like uh, Anne and Nancy Wilson, uh, Janis Joplin. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Th these folks, but then even Michael McDonald. I, I can hear that kind of Michael McDonald sound in your voice, if I could say that. Yeah, I would. I, I'll let you say that. That's yeah. wonderful. I, I tell you, I um, we got to go see them just this last summer, the Doobie Brothers, um, yes. and he was there. And I, I think I beat Chris half to death. I just kept, you know, was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You, you know, it. Yeah. you're right yeah. up there. Right up front. Like, we were in the third row, and I, I'm still reeling from it. It's been a few months, a couple months ago now, yeah. but um, yeah. oh my gosh, that guy is amazing. I, I uh, admire him greatly. Yes. So I think everybody can hear what we've been saying, uh, first of all, about the music, you know, sort of genre define. But uh, these lyrics, uh, Angie and Chris, I can hear the personal experiences. I mean, I can literally hear people say, you say, how's it going? They say, well, I'm getting by. Yeah. You know, and then here's the story behind what I mean. Uh, tell us a little bit about the genesis of this song. Well, we wrote this song with one of our really close friends, um, Rick Shooty. And um, he lives, he lives up around, around Cleveland. Cleveland. So it's about three hours from us, but yeah. he and Chris have known each other for decades, decades. really. But um, one night he calls us up and he's like, I'm sending you guys this clip, see what you can do with it. And he, and he was going through some hard drama with his job at the time. And he's like, you know, it's about being broke and paying bills. And I don't know what else. But During he, the pandemic, he just had this, this, line and it's the the main line you know the guitar part of the song yeah, he came up with the original riff he came on up that, with that and then we just kind of took it from so there we took a bottle of tequila and sat at the kitchen table and there you have it that's what happened. wrote all the words down. <laughs> yeah well the story is fantastic and then as i said you know i uh listened to the song before i read these reviews that might have called it country but i mm -hmm. i certainly saw a bluesy uh, sort of mm -hmm. slow rock you know, driving yeah. rock, not easy yeah. listening, but, yeah, uh, you know, I heard all that in there. Thank, I, thanks. I think that's, that's usually what I end up trying to articulate to people when they're asking me, you know, what, what genre do you live in? Ooh, all of them. Yes. Yeah. You know, when they yeah. say, um, are you country? Are you blues? Are you rock? Yes. Um, I think we are all of those things. Mm -hmm. A lot of flavors, even some inspirational. There's a song yeah. on the record. That's, uh, that's going to touch into that realm as well. Um, can't wait for people to hear that one too. Oh, fantastic. And then as a songwriting duo, I mean, there's plenty of, uh, you know, teams out there. Oh, I'll write some lyrics. I'll write the music. Uh, how do you guys work together to really put together the whole package? Well, it, it varies. You know, if Angie has a, an event that happens in her life, she'll get on the keyboard <laughs> and she'll just start <laughs> pounding out and, and, you know, and again, this thing evolves, you hear it first time and it's like, eh, you know, it sounds a little Celtic to me. And then uh, as time goes on, then I'll come in and I'll lay the line down for her, uh, for her, which kind of brings <clears throat> it along. The other way we do it is I'll, uh, I'll just, I got a lot of riffs. I could do them all day can long. crap them out like. And, uh, and then, on demand. you know, sometimes she'll get a, a melody going, but you know, a lot of times I'll sing a melody mm -hmm. to her uh, and how I feel the song needs to be. 
and then she'll just take it from there and you know we we tailor it from that point on i'd say most of the time i do the i'm the majority of the lyrics you know i'm the lyricist if you will and he's the the music writer um we blend it both ways and and sometimes it's the complete reverse um but the majority of the time i would say yeah you're, yeah, you're more the, I'm the storyteller yeah mm-hmm. and then obviously then we get to the production part and yeah. uh, i've talked to plenty of studio engineers and executives you know they don't want to just turn the knobs you know uh what is the contribution and collaboration that you have with your studio folk um we adore him we we met jd harris um through some friends and um through first flight studio through first flight recording really studio in dayton ohio and actually um it's a total fairborn. fluke fairborn yes yeah. um that's a burb of dayton yeah. but we um <laughs> we uh we met mike stark who's the owner of that studio um at an open mic night one time through another friend he couldn't believe we didn't know each other and ended up just goofing around in the studio till like two in the morning that night the first night we met mike. <laughs> and yeah. um and then he introduced us to jd who's a friend of his and we have um, struck up a bond and just a close friendship too, I want to say. And I think JD would agree with that, but he is so creative and, um, yeah. and a, a, a talented musician in his own right. I mean, he's an amazing keyboardist, B3 player, um, has Played a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, he, um, he wanted to take one of our songs that yeah. I don't know what our intent of the song was. It wasn't on a top priority for us but we recorded a lot of songs. We had a good year there where a lot of that stuff is shelved right now. Mm -hmm. All those recordings as we're trying to find our own technique in the studio. Uh, You know, it's a different world going in as a two piece. We thought, okay, you know, do we have a guitar player or not? You know, cause we play as a, you know, bass and keyboards live in a drum machine in cases. Uh, And we do fine. We feel a lot of sound out. we've learned to feel that sound out. And, um, I do a lot more runs than usually for a bass player, but I just kind of float around her vocal. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this one particular song called Surrender, which is more of the inspirational song. um, He asked if he could take that and play with it. We're like, yeah, go ahead and take it. Sure. Ma'am, when we we heard what he did, it's like, okay, you're our producer. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, and you've been talking about playing live. How does that experience you know, you're doing the outdoor, you're doing the festivals, you're doing the fairs. Now you're in the sort of controlled, everything's supposed to be perfect studio. But how do you bring, how do you bring that emotion inside? Well, I'll tell you how we do it. Um, for me, you know, um, we, we got our technique down, which is why I'm wanting to rush right in the studio and do album number two. We got uh-huh. enough songs <laughs> for like nine albums. So, um, Angie's telling me, slow down. Yeah, we may want anyway, to take it in time. Yeah, yeah. In time. Let this album do something first. So, um, anyway, we, we got it down to where Kenny Burnett, our drummer, uh, him and I and Angie on the keyboard will lay down the basic track, you know, and then she gives a scratch vocal, which is just as good as, you know, the final vocal that she'll end up laying. Um, and the main thing we're trying to get out of that is the drum mix. We're trying to make sure that drum mix is right. Um, 90% of the time, I don't have to go in and replay my bass because it usually tracks out with the drums really good when you're real tight on that rhythm. Uh, but else, it, you know, it's like it is very mechanical, you know. So when you're in the live situation, you're interacting with people and you have that connection. And and so in the studio, it's it's a little bit and a lot of our songs are very emotionally driven. You know, they're they're 
experiences that are good, hard experiences, um, sad experiences, happy experiences. And so you want that to come out in the song when people listen to it. So you do have to, I do have to kind of get in my head and close my eyes a little bit and, and just kind of put myself where I was when the song was written and try to channel that, that emotion through the, the recording microphone, which isn't always easy to do. I think, um, you know, cause You're pretty you do have, you do have to You're go through, good. like, like you saying, there's these steps and here's the process of how you get a song on the, on the track, but there's that emotional component that makes the whole, makes the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you, you were talking about the riffs. You know, you've got this library, this catalog, uh, drawers oh, yeah. full of riffs. And uh, some of those come from just the, I, I, I read great stories about that was a warm-up riff and a pan mm -hmm. set. I really like that. And it's become Hotel that. California. You know, <laughs> so yeah. all there, of a sudden, a but you we have We record everything. If we're sitting there practicing, running through some stuff, and he does this, like, all the time he'll just start noodling on something and it's like oh i better catch that and um i a lot of our stuff has come from those kinds of moments where we've just been noodling around and, and um, we got to capture it on our phone because mm -hmm. i can't sit back and try to reproduce that you know because it's that spirit that emotion that that moment it's that like, oh my it God. hits Don't and, let the you phone know crash. you can take three notes and write a, a million songs off of three notes it's just sure. how you rhythm it you know if the phone yeah. ever drowns we're in so much trouble i have a good creative friend who says that you know creating it is one thing but retrieving it you know but storing it and retrieving it yeah yeah it, it's like yeah. finding there's, a book in the library without the card right, there's catalog one particular or whatever. Song, there's one particular song on the album i think it's you which was basically our very first song we wrote together mm -hmm. um that was captured at the moment you know we pretty much did it now it, it's good because a lot of these that are captured at the moment we're writing it and we're creating it you would think that we'd been working on it before we hit that record button but it really it's just coming off right at that moment Somebody's now trying to replicate that in a studio was a little difficult it was hard yeah. that was one of the harder ones to record we, we've I had think. a few different versions yeah. to try to get it in different musicians to really get it down what it needs to mm -hmm. be and then i think it ended morphing into something else you know, it's not too directly as it was originally. As a matter of fact, um, we did this live show and Angie and I've been doing a duo, but we put a band together to try to replicate this album. And we're still in the process of trying to get all the instruments all the people. And, and the people into this. Um, but then when we were having practice and the guitar player, who was our original guitar player, that's not on the album except for this song. For the song, yes. I told Angie, I said, you know, I think we need to redo that song and have him, everything else in the song is done. Let him do that intro and come in and, and between- uh, Fixed everything we didn't uh, like. JD, yeah. Between JD and that Brandon, they sent stems back and forth, you know, and uh, it made it on the album. 
Fantastic. Thinking about these stories is very personal and very, you know, experiential. Uh, how is that from a relationship standpoint? You know, it's almost a peek inside <laughs> your lives. You know, right now I'm it looking is. into your living room, but yeah. in the songs, you're really looking into your living room. <laughs> you know, that well, says, uh, you, you know, we're going to expose some of this. If you line the songs up chronologically you can you know our, you our can see the whole drama yeah the good the bad we we, we <laughs> the relationship started out on a bad note and we got rocky. that we got that out completely we, we're a jerry springer show at the beginning that's what we tell very them. nice we've also so basically the way i look at it we already got the bad out that, mm -hmm. that took place at the beginning there's a lot of sordid story that led to that moment but um from then on you know it's it's just the songs are every yeah. song pretty much that we write with the exception of a couple of them yeah. that makes me look bad. And it wasn't <laughs> me that she wrote. <laughs> I think too. Um, we had one guy, we were playing a, it was a showcase thing we did over in Columbus one night. And oh, yeah. uh, one of the guys that was playing up there with us, he, he turned to us and he said, you know, it takes a lot of guts to, to sing that stuff. That's personal. It's like, it is. And there were times where it might've been a little bit more difficult to get through a song because it was still a little raw. Mm. Um, but now uh, we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, and I, what I like is that at least I have found, and I think Chris will say the same thing is that um, when you look out into the audience and people are hearing that song, it's clicking, it's clicking with people and, and their, their whole core, their, their, their existence is something is triggered like, wow. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's the best compliment I could ever get as a songwriter or singer, or anything performer is to, is to know that that touched somebody in that kind of a way. And um, we were down in Tennessee doing a show yeah. one time. And there was this kind of burly. Guy. I got a marriage proposal from this guy. Yeah, he was he, he was there with his <laughs> wife. <laughs> and that'll be, that'll was, be on the third album. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going on saying, you know, oh, ah, make me cry, make me cry. Well, he cried. I did. <laughs> he cried. I did. And then uh I sang Merle Haggard. That's what got him. I knew yeah. what I gave up yelling, marry me. I'm gonna marry her. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, that was great. You guys really have a way of connecting. And, uh, you know, people often ask me, how do you find the guests for your podcast? Do you know these people? Well, I feel like I know you. We've known each other for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. you, you must really make this connection, not only with the music, but with your personality and performing. And uh, perhaps that can come out through the album, too. You know, I, I you, hope you, it does. I feel like it does. Um you know, every yeah. song on this album is good. And, you know, I, you hear a lot of people say that, but I really, I you know, I've got, a, I've got several other records I've recorded over the years with different bands. And usually the way it works is I'll listen to it. You know, you get that excitement at first. I put it on a shelf and it'll be years before I pick it up again. I'll listen, 
through part of it and put it back on that shelf. I, I can just keep hearing this over and over and over. And I, you know, I believe our best stuff's still ahead of us. Mm -hmm. uh, it it kind of goes, we, we, we fit every category for a lot of people that, you know, is into the kind of the rock and roll, slow countryish kind of stuff, you know, uh, the last song is a doozy. It's a different it's yeah. a outliner, you know, it's, an outlier. So it's, it's out there, but it's a, it it's fun. a good one. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good that you already have the plans for the next albums, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and let that kind of last song be the cliffhanger. It's like, I can't exactly. wait to hear where the story yeah, goes like, from where here. Where does right? that come from? Right. Um, yeah. Right. And where is that going? That's us. I mean, we are, we are, you know, sometimes, I mean, we are just kind of all over the place. We, we can fit into just about any pocket. I think, um, we, we love all sorts of music. We love all sorts of people. I think that's something that Chris and I find ourselves, we get along with pretty much everybody. I, you know, um, we take people as they are and meet them where they are and just kind of live in the moment. That's, that's, what we have found is the best way to go about life. I you think. know, the, the duet is uh, more intimate, more personal. Uh, and usually the audiences stay there. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't lose too many of them to our show. Yeah. Um, now, we played the first time for a long time with the band this Saturday. And, you know, that's for bigger venues. Felt good, though. It did feel good. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole different. Well, we had a woman come up to us and said, you know, I already I like the way you guys are as a duo. But damn, this know. was great. I didn't expect <laughs> this. A bigger sound, bigger, oh, yeah. yeah, bigger feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, speaking now to the listeners uh, who say, I really want to get my music career off the ground. You know, they're they're playing the local scenes, the coffee shops, the bars, but they're they're like you. It's like, how do I go to this next level, uh, play bigger venues, maybe a band? But certainly I want to get this music recorded. I want to get my story out there. What what insights and inspiration from your own experience would you have for them? Well, the first thing is um, we're still playing those same venues, too. Just mm -hmm. so you know, it's like that. That just kind of is part of it. I think um, we um, we both have been wanting to do this for a very, very long time. Um, and I think we just made the commitment. Um, it takes a lot of investment of your time and of your, your money. Um, we had four years leading up to this album that we tried yeah. to do something. I mean, and it was mm -hmm. just trying to find the personnel, right. You know, pandemic put a big dent that, in a that lot was of things a, for kind us. Kind of slows yeah. us down. Yeah. Well, yeah we yeah. had a band and then uh, that band pretty much kind of dissolved over the period of that. Angie and I, on the other hand, was right there elbow to elbow in Columbus. We didn't, we didn't, we did our thing. We did our thing, you know, and uh, we wasn't scared of it. And so we decided, you know, okay, we're going to have to do this as a duet, you know, and it really worked because we found out, well, one good thing is you get paid the same as the band and you only split it. But I think the other thing too, is you have to do your homework. I, uh, between the two of us, I mean, we have sat here long hours reading about, um, you know, intellectual property and how to protect your work and how to, um, get your work out there because the, the, the industry is nothing like it was, you know, back in the day when we were younger, it, it just isn't the same. The digital world has, has just changed the whole landscape and so um 
you know, we, we got an attorney, we, we, we consulted someone who specializes in this is expensive as I'll get out, but you know, he was worth it. And so gave us the right guidance to do certain things. And then, um, he protects us. He does protect us, but I, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a tangled web and it's a little bit vicious at times, I think. So, um, there's a lot more to it going on in the back. The recording is easy. That's the easy part. It's fun, but it's easy. But it's a machine. And you know, man, you got to do a it, lot of work. It takes it takes all these people, all these agencies, all these things to really push it and give mm-hmm. it a, you know, a, a kickstart, yeah. basically. Yes. Um, You're right. The copywriting, the publishing, the management, oh, really? the publicity, oh, all of the above, right? Yeah, all it's a, you know, well, it, it becomes work after the the performing and the recording part. Mm-hmm. Now, now the real work begins. Um, I retired a, a year and a half ago, so she's doing all the work. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Yeah. Well, and uh, listeners, stay tuned uh, for future episodes because the kind of people that Angie and Chris are mentioning, I have also reached out to. So I'll be talking with a Philadelphia lawyer on just these kind of uh, copyright yeah. issues. Well, and even it's, uh, you know, uh, spilled over into sports now, uh, you know, in college athletes, you know, can make deals and uh, sell their likeness and image and so forth. So, yeah, yeah. these are all important images. And, and speaking of your image, you've really begun to craft a name and an image around this duo. Tell me how that evolved. I think the pandemic was the biggest culprit of it or right before actually, Um, you know, we had been in cover bands together for a while. um, And with a lot of the people that come with us when we do full band venues now, but um, we had some corny name back in the day that Chris despised from from inception. He was digging his heels in, but we, we had it for a long time. And, and in our local area, that's, people will still kind of call us by that but um angie at the time before we got married my last name was elliot elliot so you know that's where the elliot mcconnell came from and then when we got married about a year and a half ago uh we didn't want to go to mcconnell mcconnell then you're like an insurance company uh, (laughs) you know a bank institute something like that a lawyer and um so we we kept that entity which can be confusing to some people out there you know well who's elliot like who's pink. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we sat down together and, and kind of came up with the, the little symbol. That's our logo. And it's, it's nothing fancy. It's, it's my Zodiac sign and his Zodiac sign kind of blended into this neat little thing. Very um, nice. And so there we are. Ellie we have McConnell. an artist out of um, Queens, uh, Rudy Ringo that, um, he, you know, we tell him what we want and he's pretty good he's about great. getting us everything that we need. He's great. Yeah. Good. Well, and this is the website, ElliotMcConnell.com, right? Yes. Uh, E-L-E-Y-E-T McConnell. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to connect. Well, Angie and Chris McConnell, what a great time we've had uh, talking with you. And uh, great conversation and congratulations on the music. Appreciate it. Thanks well, we for having to us. Do this again with it's you. Good to oh, be yeah. Let's definitely stay in touch. We love to yeah. uh, follow things and see how uh, they develop. And listeners, come back again next time. We're going to continue our around-the-world journeys. We've been in central Ohio today. We're going to continue to stamp our creative passports in places all over, talking with creative practitioners, just like Angie and Chris, on how they get inspired and tell their stories, but also the logistics of sometimes organizing the work and, of course, the confidence and the connections to launch the work out into the world. That's what it's all about. So join me next time. I'm Mark Stinson, and we'll be unlocking your world of creativity. Thank you. See you next time. Bye now.
Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love.